first reading, we see that as long as Moses remains cruciform in the shape of a cross, with his hands lifted up, no harm would come his or the people's way. As long as Moses kept his hands raised up, Israel had the upper hand, the better of the fight. But when he let his hands rest, the enemies had the better of it. The Pope once said, Pope Francis, he said that sometimes we come down from the cross five minutes before God shows his saving power. In the face of what is important and decisive in our lives, we need to be like Moses, cruciform in the shape of the cross, crucified in intercession, in prayer. We must fight on our knees, fight on your knees, and not alone. We read that Aaron and Hur supported Moses' hands, one on one side and one on the other side. It was this priest, a friend of mine, who reminded me this morning that the Carmelites, the, the, the discalced Carmelites, the nuns, they promised him and they promised me as well once that, Father, you will never fight alone. There's a brown army uh, fighting alongside you, fighting for you. you know, there's this, because their habits is, is brown. So there's this power of intercession, people who are lifting, up, lifting our hands up high during the battles, the holy battles of our lives. And in the face of spiritual wars and the different challenges we face, we must count on the help of our brothers and sisters and the assistance of heaven. Today's psalm says, it's an impressive and powerful prayer. It says, my help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord is our guardian. He is our shade. He is beside you. He guards you from all evil, now and forever. But let's move to, to the gospel, okay? It starts off by mentioning the necessity to pray always without becoming weary. Jesus instructs his disciples on the necessity to pray always without growing weary. Actually, the Greek term for this no growing weary part of it is actually enkakein which also means pray without losing heart in order not to degenerate, without bending toward evil, without succumbing to the ugliest part of your heart. Because the problem is that we end up tending toward the corrupt, the fleshy part of us. Yes, we are weak and we can certainly operate out of the ugly part of our being. We need to pray in order to have the mind and the sight of God in all things. So Jesus tells a story of a poor widow asking for justice from a dishonest, uh, careless judge who eventually gives her justice because of her insistence. But we get to the core of it in the last verse of the, of the gospel, which is a weird question, actually. When the Son of Man comes, Will he find faith on earth? We can say, in other words, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in you? Will he find a heart that knows 
how to welcome from his hands what he has to give? We know that there are three comings of the Lord. The one in the flesh that happened 2022 years ago. We see in the Gospels that the, the Jesus, the, the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. And there will be the last coming at the end of times when he will come to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end as we profess in the creed. And then there will be an in-between coming, so to speak, like a constant one. The visits that the Lord pays us throughout our lives. The Lord does come to us many times and when he comes, does he find faith in us? How many times God visits us through many events of our life, of our lives? And how do we, do we answer to these visits of the Lord? When a tribulation, a problem, a hardship comes our way, God's will knocks at our door. So do we respond with faith? When I'm near someone who needs my help, it is the Lord visiting me through that person, asking for my love. Is there love in my heart when He comes to me this way through these random people or poor people or needy people? Do we trust God when life challenges us? When our love is put to the test? So when life poses these questions, and by the way, it does so very often, does the Lord find faith on our earth? So along the coming week, for instance, you will be visited by the Lord in many ways, for sure. And will the Lord find faith in you? In this poor earth that we are, we who are made of earth, we who are dust, is there any faith? So the question like resounds, you know. This faith that gives us a way to live according to Christ, to respond according to Christ, So, the Lord Jesus, to help us not to give in to the former ways, to the sinful ways in which we used to live, he speaks of the need to pray always without growing weary. A widow, you know, the, the, this main character of today's gospel, a widow, as we know, obviously, is a woman who has a dead husband. And in Aramaic, interestingly, in a, it's very interesting, in Aramaic, the word husband is the same word used for idol. So I'm not saying here that a husband is a bad thing, of course. It's a, a very important support in this world for those who have the vocation to matrimony, vocation to marriage. So, But the word here is exchangeable, you know, husband and idol. So that widow, whose husband was dead, is a person who has been let down by the securities, the standards, the supports of this world. She knows that this world is passing away. This world is going after dead things or dying things or even deadly things. The world, this world, cannot give what it promises. So we learn from that that we shouldn't go after things that aren't given us by the eternal, safe, and stable hands of God. There are things that we should spend our lives for. 
but there are other things that don't deserve neither our heart nor our time. God will always give to those who pray what is best for them. We see in the Gospel of Matthew, He will give us what is good. And in another passage here in the Gospel of Luke, He will give us the Holy Spirit, what is good and what is eternal, what is stable. And whoever prays is listened. And the Gospel adds, justice is done speedily, without delay. God doesn't hear our prayers at a later date, like whenever He's available. No, He hears and responds us immediately. But then you ask, yes, I've been asking for so many things for a long time and I, I don't see the results or the outcome of these requests as I expected. But the thing is that He responds with whatever best corresponds to our request. And that many times doesn't match the exact thing we ask for. That's why our prayers and our requests presuppose faith. It's a, it's a pivotal word here. Faith in the goodness of God, who doesn't know how to give us bad things. He knows the present, the past, and the future. And even when things don't go according to our wish list, faith makes us welcome from His hands what is life-giving and good what is life-saving and good. He has it to give it to us. We can't create it for ourselves. We can't create what is good for ourselves. We don't have this capacity. We don't have this eternal vision. He has and He knows. And He prompt, promptly responds to us. It is also true that as we pray, our hearts are changed. The Spirit of God gradually moves in our hearts, reshaping our longings, reshaping our desires, so that, that what we feel, what we want, might become more aligned with the desires of God's heart. Over time, He may even lead us to pray in a different way. As we pray for a particular need that we consider super important, the Lord opens our eyes to see deeper layers and deeper needs, which can even provoke changes in our lifestyle, in our mindset, in our ways as a, as a whole. My friends, through a constant and committed prayer life, we start to see what the Spirit of God is creating and converting in us. Uh, the, the theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar used to say that the Spirit of God creates what doesn't exist and removes what appeared to be irremovable. So, with this move, this movement of the Spirit in our hearts, we, we become, little by little, able to discern how God is working in us. And we dance along to the point of becoming defenseless in a good way, we start to respond to Him far beyond what we initially expected. So, even when apparently nothing is going on as a direct response to our prayer, there are these unseen changes which will become visible down the line. Yesterday, we celebrated the feasts of one of the greatest masters of prayer in the church, Saint Teresa of Avila a woman who had a heart pierced by the love of Christ. She wasn't a widow as the character of our gospel today, 
Actually, she was married with Christ. She was a spouse of Christ. But she knew that this world is passing away and only God is enough. God alone is enough, is sufficient. And she begs, whoever has not begun the practice of prayer, I beg for the love of the Lord not to go without so great a good. There's nothing here to fear, but only something to desire. And she defines prayer as an intimate sharing between friends, taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. He doesn't uh, threats our happiness. He knows us and he loves us and he has the best in store for us. And the important thing, according to Teresa, is not to think much, but to love much. And so, do that. Today, my friends, let's make the decision to go, to, to make room, to give time, to love the one who loves us with eternal love and has the best in store for us every day. Amen.